The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. As you heard, I'm Chris Yow. Mo Patton is in the house along with Coach Mike on the controls. Learning them very well, I might add. Just a weekend and no, uh, no hot mic issues since day one. Well, we got one hot mic. Oh, <laughs> that didn't work. Oh, you got to you got to pull the thing up. You got to pull the pot up on the far right. Oh well, yeah. He so missed much, the moment. so much for the, the perfect screen. He, he so. missed the moment. That's okay though. <laughs> As we give him his props, he's, mm-hmm. there you go. Do it again. Hey, here we go. Come on, here we go. He knew where it was. He hit it on time. It just wasn't potted up. Might as well keep it potted up. I mean, as long as you don't accidentally elbow. Just in the midst of a conversation, we get a rim shot. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Been known um, to do that. Hey, it, it would be okay. It would be okay. We appreciate you guys listening in as uh, it is six minutes past the top of the hour. Hour number two. This podcast will also be available on the website, sm-tnsports.com. And we are excited to bring in, as we do each and every Monday at this time, the voice of the Blue Raiders, Mr. Chip Walters. And he is on us. He is joining us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Chip, I just have one quick question before we get started. Uh, and I guess technically you can get started after I ask this question. But uh, Middle and Rice kissed their sisters over the weekend. Boy, it was a a a, a four and a half hour uh, uh, session, uh, and 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 uh, ended up uh, with four and a half hours, twelve innings, and a tie, uh, eight to eight, nine nine, uh, nine nine, yeah, uh, and uh, it was, and it was, uh, yeah, it was very unsatisfying to leave the ballpark to be quite honest uh the uh i mean you play that long and and you know a lot of crazy things happen i mean middle in the bottom of the ninth uh 
play at the plate that uh, I, I'll say got blown and uh, and not even close uh, that would have won the ball game. And then in the 11th, Rice uh, had a defensive play at first that I would say middle probably got a break on uh, and, and uh, they thought they had an out. Uh, so, you know, I think both teams left there, you know, thinking they, you know, really had a great chance to win the game. But, uh, you know, middle ends up winning the series against Rice 2-1-1. One, and one. And uh, get, get this, I mean, Rice has had two ties in 80 years. Both have been against middle, and both have been in the last three years. 2018, there was a tie. Same deal. Uh, and it, it comes down to a travel curfew. They had a flight at 8 o'clock. So uh, the curfew was put on at 5.30, that you would not start uh, an inning after 5.30. And we started the uh, the 12th at like 5.27. And, and, uh, and so that's how, that's how, that's why it happened. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really odd. And, and how, how will that, is that going to help you or hurt you? Uh, later on in the standings, is it going to basically count as half a win or half a loss, or you know, uh, how will that uh, how will that how will that uh, help or hurt any either team? We'll see. So, Chip, do um do all teams travel the same way? I mean, was that commercial or is that a charter or how does that work for Rice? Well, that that was on a commercial flight. I'm not sure there's anybody in the league that flies. Uh, a charter in baseball. I know in, in basketball you have several schools that do, but I don't think they. Uh, th- that obviously, with that being a, a a timed departure, that had to be a that had to be a, a commercial flight to Houston. Uh, I think Middle's only because of the way that they have they've scheduled and tried to, you know, keep it as regional as possible this year. Middle only has one flight, uh, and that's this week going to UTSA uh but uh yeah it uh, that that's uh you know Sundays are the days that you end up having a curfew due to travel and uh trying to get people home uh you know and and that was a heck that was a one o'clock start you feel like you ought to be able to get a game in you think and what what made me ask that question Chip was you said it was a five thirty curfew for an eight o'clock flight I mean that's Cutting it pretty close, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they didn't get out of the. Yeah, they didn't get out of there. They didn't leave the ball because they were going to shower, and uh, and and they they sh- the 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 baseball the visiting baseball team will shower in the visiting football locker room, right, which is right there by the visitors bullpen, and 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 then bus that would have gotten them out of there about. 10 after six mm-hmm. and into, into the airport by seven to check in. I mean, it would be, it would still be close, but I, I, I didn't, you know, uh, I didn't hear from my buddy JP Heath, who's their radio guy. Uh, apparently everybody, they, they, they made it, but mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, you figure 45 minutes to the airport from campus uh, being in, and hopefully not a lot of traffic issues on Sunday afternoon, but, uh, but yeah, that was that was that was what it was, and uh, and that that everybody was happy with that. 
Well, if except both happy, teams. Except, yeah. <laughs> except both teams. With, with, with that yeah. tie, yeah. Um, shifting gears, pro day today, right? Uh, maybe done by now. Oh, it really? At, uh, yeah, I think it was at 8 o'clock this morning. So, um, and uh, so, and I don't, I, I didn't get a chance to run by there uh, today, but, uh, you know, was it a year ago that, uh, wasn't it a year ago that Belichick came in and, uh, uh, and, and did a, had a private workout on a kid, uh, and, and, and took a day away from the combine to come down to do that. Um, but I haven't heard of anything like that, but I'm sure, I mean, they had a really great day to do it this morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, perfect weather, uh, and uh, I, I did. They did have a scrimmage this weekend. I was able to make that and have a look. Uh, but uh, you know, you get you get you get several guys uh, who who have a chance to to uh, be in the mix as the the draft comes around. So it'll be interesting to see how all that works out for them. And uh, hopefully, they all had again with good weather today and a fast track that that all their all their measurables came out good. Anybody in particular that you have some hopes for? Uh, you know, I think you may have uh, a, a couple of offensive linemen, um, and uh, trying to think uh, now. I've gone blank here for just a second. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Oh, I know. Well, that, but that's what you're here for. So, <laughs> hang on, I can pull it up here uh, real quick. Um, and uh, yeah, Middle Tennessee football is what I was looking for there. Um. That uh, uh, Robert Jones, offensive lineman, uh, I think he's the the best uh, has the best shot of, of, of anybody uh, on this this roster coming out. Uh, Angela, they they uh, they the football program listed three guys in particular: Chris Stamps, who was basically a backup def defensive back, Robert Jones, who started uh i mean they don't call him big rob for nothing and uh angelo owens who spot starter on the offensive line those were the three that uh, that football put out there as uh, going through pro day today okay. interesting yeah. you mentioned the um scrimmage over the weekend um how did the nc state transfer looking quarterback well you know I I was I was pretty impressed, uh, and I, I heard uh, Stock last night on uh, he was on with with Corey Curtis uh, on Channel Two, and, and and he said that for Bailey Hockman it was that Saturday was, you know, it was the end of that was the you know two weeks two of the four weeks of spring in the books, and that was the first scrimmage the the they had planned on having a scrimmage the previous Saturday, but as we all know, it was raining mm -hmm. buckets. And, uh, but, uh, coach on TV last night said that he felt that it was Bailey's best day uh, of spring ball. And, uh, he threw for about 140 yards in a controlled scrimmage and a couple of touchdowns and, and probably, you know, had a couple of more that they, shortened to big gainers just to keep drives going and get more reps for that group. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, the thing that I was, you know, I can say that, uh, 
from what I saw Saturday, the look of the offense is going to be decidedly different. Uh, there's a lot more uh, vertical and less horizontal, uh, both in the pass game and in the run game. Um, you know, and, and saw a couple of guys, you know, make some really athletic plays. Uh, Yusuf Ali, in particular, I, I saw made a, a really good play. The two transfer running backs, both were out there, and both are they're pretty both are pretty sporty back there, uh, coming out of the backfield, and 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 what they're doing with the run pass option, the RPO offense that Britton Deerman uh, knows so well and and has literally written, if not the book, a book on. Um, you know, they uh, and, and he he wants to run a ton out of it. Uh, you know, I think they were pretty happy with what they saw, and you know, you're always going to have in a in a inter squad scrimmage. You know, what well, was the offense good or the defense bad or some combination of both? And and it was the first time that that Middle's defense in a scrimmage situation had seen you know the offense in a, in a game type in a game type situation with things being called on the fly. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the, the total quarterback numbers between all three of them, that's pretty yeah. darn good. Yeah. Chase Cunningham looked good. I mean, and here's a guy third year in the program, and he's, you know, he's developing. And Mike DeLello, uh, you know, he, he got in late and uh, did some good things. And they've got a, a, a true freshman coming in at quarterback in the fall. So yeah, you know, I think you know the the thing that the biggest thing this team's going to have on it this year is just the brutality of the the schedule, and you know how many, especially how it is loaded with road games early, uh, in, in particular having to go to Virginia Tech and Liberty uh, within a couple of weeks of each other. That's that will not be easy. Um, you know, to go to those two places against really good teams. So, uh, you know, this team, you know, in September could be, you know, much better than it shows. But, you know, you still got to go out and play and give yourself an opportunity. But uh, I think there there was a lot of uh, uh, a lot of a lot of energy uh, during the, their scrimmage the other day. A little a little back and forth between some offensive guys and defensive guys. I think they were out there and. You know, uh, you know, had good weather. It felt good. They were they were out there playing and and uh, and uh, you know, getting after each other. And that was that was a good thing. The competition level and energy level both were really good. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders. Um, Chip, you mentioned this 2021 football schedule. Five of the first seven games are on the road. Oh, and one of those two home games is against Marshall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, you open up with Monmouth, then you you better go win on the road for. One. Yeah, you better <laughs> win that one. You go on the road for three, and then you come home to open conference play against the 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 Thundering Herd, who uh, new coaching staff there, and uh, and as always bring back a a, a good group of players, uh, and and so and, and and it's been some crazy competitive games with Middle and Marshall in particular in Murfreesboro. So, uh, so yeah, the, the schedule is stacked against you early with, with all those road games. And and then after that Marshall game, you, um, you go to Liberty, as you said, and then you go to UConn. So um, there's um, not a whole lot at of let up in this schedule. At least there's an open week between those two. 
There's yes, <laughs> yeah. There is an open weekend, and uh, the uh, so yeah, October sixteenth is an open date, and uh, and so yeah, there, that will be a, a chance to kind of catch your breath and and you come back and you've got uh, you know the next four or five. Uh, yeah, you, you, after that you've got uh, the the farthest away you go is Bowling Green, so. Uh, so there's some good things uh, toward the end of the schedule. If you can survive the early mm-hmm. part, you have a chance. You have a chance to finish strong. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned that offensively, you looked a lot more vertical both both in the run and in the pass game. I, I guess in the running game, they call that getting downhill. Yeah, that would be. You and I have heard that term before from uh, <laughs> t- taking it downhill. And, and yeah, there's, there, there's uh, you know, obviously you're going to – they run a lot of power. Uh, and and, and uh, he likes to keep it, you know, between the tackles and, and, and do things there. But he likes, you know, active quarterbacks. Uh, the uh, And his stock said, uh, you know, he's – while Asher O'Hara was – you know, he was your quarterback. You know, the the good news, bad news was, hey, Asher O'Hare is your leading rusher. That's the good news. Bad news, hey, Asher O'Hare is your leading rusher. Exactly. That was, you know, that was also, you know, and so he, he, you know, in, in a in a perfect world, what he what he wanted to see was, uh, you know, somewhere twenty five hundred to three thousand yards passing, and about, you know, four or five hundred yards rushing, and not. 2,000 yards passing and 1,100 yards rushing from his quarterback. So, you know, Bailey Hockman is a much more traditional uh, pro-style quarterback, and uh, and I, I think he's going to fit really well uh, with what they're trying to do. So I look forward to – I'm, I'm assuming there's probably going to be another scrimmage this weekend and uh, looking forward to that. Scrimmages are always fun. I I typically like, you know, like you said, you never know, did the defense play bad? Is the offense good? It's it's, it's so hard to tell. But really what you're looking for is the consistency of each player and, you know, the the intensity. And Brent Deerman said, you know, you could tell that the guys were really excited. They kind of treated it like a game day on, you know, this weekend and, gave themselves a a little bit of a shot in the arm, a little little extra juice. So that was pretty cool. Yep, it was. It was it was nice to see and and uh and they they've got two more weeks to go and and they'll uh and they'll they'll wrap it up and still it'll be kind of interesting to see cuz I think they were kind of holding a couple of uh couple of scholarship spots and he he does this every year and they end up getting uh, a guy or two a lot of times in mid to late summer, uh, once the the hubbub uh, of kids that uh, you know either transferred or you know don't have a spot or something like that, and uh, so that that's uh, you, you, the, one of the guys who had transferred in, a receiver from Arizona, decided uh, to go back. So he has gone back to Arizona. Still have the wide receiver, or uh, still have the offensive lineman who is a big cat from, from Arizona. He is, uh, he is originally from uh, the Florida panhandle. So he is still much closer to home, but speaking of transfers, I got some numbers for you, Chris. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is off of the 
NCAA transfer portal, the uh, the official deal. Right now, conference basketball. Transfer numbers are, and this looks like it may be the final unless somebody else jumps in late, 42 players in Conference USA have entered the transfer portal. All 14 teams have at least one. UAB had the most with five. Rice, the only school that had just one. And uh, so that averages out to three per school. Uh, Middle ended up with four, counting Brian Coffey, who did not play this year, but three off of the current team that, that did play. So um, so when, when you are a fan of a school and you see guys jumping in the transfer portal and all of them tweeting out, hey, I want to thank my coaches and teammates for a great experience at fill-in-the-blank university, and but I'm jumping in the transfer portal. So, uh, you know, don't get too excited because – it's going your place, your school, wherever it may be, is not the only one. I mean, Tennessee's had them, Bandy's got them. Everybody in the SEC is showing that. Women's basketball. I heard a number the other day that 25 percent of all scholarship players in women's college basketball in Division One are in the transfer portal right now. So it it is, uh, you know, they got to get a handle on this somehow, and uh, it, it is not going to be this year. It's going to be crazy, but. Uh, it will be interesting to see how it how it plays out uh, as as time moves forward. Yes, it, yes, will. it will. Yep. So and it's um, I, I'm I'm you know personally this is my opinion, not anybody. I am not a fan of it. Um, just you know I, I'm I'm kind of I'm old school that you know you you know you start you start what you finish and. And, you know, if you have some adversity, toughen up and, and get through it. I can't disagree, I can't with, disagree you, with you. But, uh, but uh, Chip, thanks for joining us today. That's, that's today. great information because I'm going to give one more piece of information uh, about the transfer. Uh, and, and this is completely out of left field, but women's basketball, Jordan Lewis, the redshirt senior out of Windermere, Florida, uh, at the University of Alabama is in the grad transfer portal, so she will not play for the University of Alabama next year. And she was like number five in career assists, number six in assists per game, uh, number nine in career points at the University of Alabama. So interesting yeah, to like, see how that's working out too. The grad transfers right. issue. So whatever is what it is. Yep, and and, and you know, in the, in the in the you all do such a great job covering preps. I mean between you know across the board the the senior class of 2021 in high schools across the country uh they're struggling they're 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 getting a tough deal this year so uh it will be interesting to see how it all plays out fellas it's time to go get shot number two enjoy hey hey move that on move that arm around move it around keep it moving i get some blood flow going in there yep i'll do it there you go going all right that's that's Chip Walters on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. You had one more? No, no. I was just going to tell him, think positive, stay negative. Hey. Exactly. Stay positive, test negative. There That's we go. That, yeah. Yep. Thanks. I knew you'd straighten Later. it out. Bye. <laughs> See ya. All right. That's Chip Walters on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. When we return, we'll talk about uh, college hoops a little more.
on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joints. Stick around. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yamo, Pat, and Coach Mike with you here. 31 minutes past the hour. So, got a lot to get in these last 29 minutes. So, stick around. We got, we, we got uh, a lot to get to. Want to mention that, again, we will be at Amigos tonight. JP will be hosting Front Porch Sports Live out at Amigos in Spring Hill. But they have three great locations. They have Chapel Hill, Lewisburg, and Spring Hill. Come join us. We'll be there from 5 to 7, just before the basketball game tips off tonight, Gonzaga and Baylor for the national title. And it's one of those weird years, those rare years that – the two teams that ought to be there are, are there. there. Yeah. So Barely. that, that rarely happens, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> it don't matter how you get there get, in the NCAA tournament. That's you right. just get there. That's we'll as, survive. As, as as the legendary Pat Summit said, survive in advance. Survive. You're just trying to win six games. <laughs> I don't care if you win them by one or 30. It style, does not style matter. points do not apply at this point. They so. do not matter. And so, but with that said, I want to go back to the question I asked you at the top of the show. Gonzaga 93, UCLA 90 in overtime Saturday night. Does that change the way you look at Gonzaga going into this Baylor game? Absolutely not. Unless it makes me think they are as good as advertised. I think UCLA was a lot better than we thought. I was going to say, actually, it changes more it may have my changed. perception of UCLA. Of Gonzaga. Yeah, but our perception of UCLA doesn't matter because they're not playing. Because they're not playing, yeah. But but it, it can directly correlate to your perception of Gonzaga because you say, man, UCLA did that they won an extra game, okay? They beat number two seed Alabama. Yes, it was an overtime, but they pretty well dominated that game. Um and then you get to the final four where you're an 11 seed and really have no business being there necessarily, according to the world. 
and yet you play as well as you as you did. My thought is that it may have improved my perception of Gonzaga because I didn't think, as you guys know, I didn't think that they could get to this point. I didn't pick them to get to my championship game. I thought Gonzaga was going to lose. And mainly because going to St. Mary's isn't the same as going to Knoxville. And so maybe they had an easier road being the number one overall seed. I I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But I mean there's now to me, I think I think I have a a a higher regard for Gonzaga than I did going in okay. right now. Didn't okay. didn't I hear him right to say that that up to this last game, they all their wins have been by double digit margins, right? I think that's and, and so finally now they got tested and came out. Mm-hmm. I mean that that in a sense kind of raised they didn't fold all of a sudden now they've been put in pressure they hadn't been put on before. Mm-hmm. And okay. they they survived it. Okay. And so that's I mean I think that's a fair response. I just thought it was a question that that merited asking, you know, like sure. you yeah. for all the reasons you mentioned, you know, UCLA's a number 11 seed. Um that was their third overtime game. The fact that they were able to push the number 1 overall seed to overtime and to need a buzzer-beating three-pointer to beat them, you know, and now they're going up against a Baylor team that a lot of folks also expected to be here, you know. So, so who's your who's your champion when the smoke clears not? Baylor. I think as much as I as much as I think Gonzaga is better than I thought. After watching Baylor Houston, I don't think there's any question that Baylor's the best team in this tournament. The way Baylor handled Houston and Arkansas. Yeah. That was the game that really pushed it over for me. And Baylor is really, really good. (laughs) And they did handle Houston. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, mean, it wasn't a game. What was it? 71? 58? 59? 59, Something like that. But, I mean, the first half, it was, I mean, it was cruise control in the second half. Yeah. They were just, don't lose, you know. (laughs) Make your shots. Don't do anything stupid. Don't turn the ball over, and you're going to win. And I think Baylor wins this game by six points or more. That's interesting. I don't think it'll be a buzzer beater. I'll take Gonzaga plus six. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll talk more later. For sure. I'm hanging in there. I, I picked Gonzaga on my bracket to start with. So, so stick it out. I'm I'm, I'm riding. <laughs> there they're, you go. Uh, they're they're my only hope for any more points. Obviously, so uh, <laughs> it's more we'll hope see what I've got because I have Florida State, Arkansas <laughs> in the finals. So um, we see how that worked. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I'm not sure if there's anybody that can. Who we got? I'm not sure that uh, – so Jed is in second place Jed now. Douglas? Yeah. And he has he has Baylor. Scott Beasley has Gonzaga. So it's this is basically it. If Baylor wins, Jed wins so this first is, place. So this is for all the this Tostitos. Is, this this huh? is for extra 50 bucks is what this is for. 
Scott Beasley gets uh, Gonzaga wins. They're pretty Scott, well locked in. Scott Beasley, yes. Okay. Scott Beasley will be um, because the max points total for our th- for number three is 1320. And, uh, well, no, that, that, that's not necessarily, I'm sorry. We may actually have a tie for, for second place in the event <laughs> that, uh, which I know that there's a tie breaker in here. So I'm sure that they'll break the tie for us. But yes, if Baylor wins, Jed will win and Scott Beasley will be second. If, if, Gonzaga, if Baylor loses, if Baylor loses, then it'll Scott be Scott Beasley, Beasley one. And then we have Hoka Hay and CD Pulse. I'm uh, thinking Hoka Hay might be Bronson, Bronson Bradley, and I'm thinking CD Pulse might be Chris Chris Davis. Chris Davis, yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And then whoever has the tiebreaker between those two with the the final score, yeah. So there you go. That's right. uh, that's pretty much going to do it. It's gonna so we're us. down to our final four. Basically. We are. We are down to our final four. That should be fun, uh, and it's all for all the Tostitos and Queso <laughs> tonight. All right. So you still got oh, who you got? You didn't make your pick. I did not make my you pick. Said, you said plus six. <laughs> you said you take Gonzaga plus six. Uh, I think I think I like Gonzaga in this ball game. I think I like them to finish out this undefeated run. Um Well, like I said. I think there's a couple of omens that we've talked about that are, you know, still in play there. No Duke, no Kentucky in this bracket. Which and mirrors last, that seventy six run that, that Indiana last time had happened. Yeah, yep. so yeah, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna read the tea leaves and take the Zags. Although I've I've seen some folks that really have trouble with the Zags. They're the Bulldogs, but they, they got Zags across their jersey. I like it. I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna run with the Zags right here tonight. So well, not the Zigs, the Zags. Zags. <laughs> when everybody else was zigging, they were. Zagging. Yes, they were. Um, join us tonight at Amigos yeah. before the game. We'll talk a lot more about this as the night goes on. Um, real quick before we get to a break, I, I, I put this in our run of show because it. I, I ran across this yesterday on Facebook. Gerald Swindle, who is friend of my granddad's from way back in the day, um, he probably wouldn't know me if I walked up to him, but if I told him my name, he would say, oh, yes, I remember you kind of guy. Professional angler, bass fisher, if you don't know what an angler is. <laughs> uh, he, he he does not like make cuts, you know, with, um, for, with wood for a living. He is a bass angler. He had a, a, a three-minute diatribe about Auburn's bass fishing team. The number five bass fishing team in the country was suspended uh, earlier this month for cheating repeated violations of COVID-19 protocols oh wow uh at Auburn University they have uh, apparently we do not know what the exact um action yeah policy that they violated, violated three times since last summer <laughs> But it has to do with travel and meetings. All right, so this is the question that Gerald Swindle had. This is the question that I would like to propose to you because this, is, I thought, was great. 
He said, uh, you know, you're talking about bass fishers, right? They're outside. If if the, the eight of them are together most of the time practicing or whatever, if, if they have two people in the truck driving their boat to the to to the match or the the tournament or whatever, I mean I got issues with tell me what they did. You know, did they have a party? Because are we still having frat parties? You bet they're still having frat parties at Auburn. <laughs> he said, Mr. President, Chancellor, y'all playing golf on Saturday? Hmm. How'd you get there? Who you playing with? You know, uh, there's a lot of these things that don't really make a whole lot of sense. I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying they aren't. But I will say this. They were supposed to be suspended until April of 2022 for a full year. After a meeting with the bass fishing team and the chancellor, they have now been suspended until April 22nd of this year. <laughs> so this was a school suspension, not a Correct. bass fishing association suspension. The university said the club committed multiple violations of Auburn's travel policy and was subsequently suspended for knowingly and repeatedly violating travel regulations. You're talking about kids on a bass fishing team. It's not like they're full ride scholarship kids. They're probably having to pay something, something to get themselves to these tournaments. So if you got four kids in a F one fifty, who cares? Nonetheless, after the meeting with administrators, uh, Logan Parks, who is the president of the Auburn University of Bass Fishing Club, said, I'm thankful that Auburn University and its administration were willing to listen to us and consider all of the facts with an open mind. We've reached an agreement, and most importantly, the Auburn team is excited about being able to resume representing Auburn University as we pursue another national championship. I'm just saying my guess is they didn't travel any differently or any worse than the basketball team did. <laughs> with 18 kids or the baseball team is with 24 kids the only thing or whatever they say meetings is if they had some kind of meeting on campus or something like that in preparation they're still the having trip. class on campus that's the say thing that yeah that that's and I, i'm not saying that was a strong i know it just that's the only thing that makes any sense with this kind of team the problem is they didn't tell us what they violated and how mm-hmm. they violated it I just thought it was interesting that the bass fishing team got suspended for traveling when it's an outdoor sport that's two kids in a boat. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. It was interesting. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk Braves, and we may be joined by George Plaster in the Parks Motor Sales hot seat. So that should be fun. Um Make sure to join us. We'll be right back. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into the show. Hanging out here with you about 12 minutes to the top of the hour on WKOM on Facebook Live. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us there as well. Don't forget the the podcast is available. If you missed any part of today's show, sm-tnsports.com, you can find the podcast Right there. There's a whole tab. All three podcasts. Can't miss them. It's always fun. Just check it out. I promise you, if you need any high school information, it's in that podcast. Now, whether or not it sounds good, I don't know. Probably not. We kind of struggled a little bit today. Look, it's been Monday all morning. Mm. That's okay. And that's that's fine. We're going to struggle. You know, as we... As kind of the week gets started and everything, we're going to struggle a little bit. Just Here's the thing. We are not trained professionals. We're not. Although we could lean on some trained professionals if necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're going to do in this segment. We're going to <laughs> lean on the trained professionals. There we go. And speaking of not getting off to a great start. Mm. The Atlanta Braves did not get off to a great start to this season, but this is not unusual. This does happen. It has happened before. The Braves have lost, have been swept by the Phillies in Philadelphia before, and that season was 2003. Oh, they That season was also 2019. So, uh, at Philly. I don't think they were swept at Philly in 2019. I believe they were. Were they? Yeah. Uh, well... Even still, yeah. So I mean, two thousand three, two thousand nineteen. Those seasons turned out okay, pretty good. Yeah, we'll take it. So, that being said, the Braves are the most unlucky team in Major League Baseball. And look no further than <laughs> that Ian Anderson double, <laughs> Exhibit A. Mm-hmm. But. Before we talk about it, let's uh, welcome in our guest in the Parks Motor Sales hot seat, George Plaster. George, welcome in, man. What's going on? What's going on, guys? Oh, we're just here so we don't get fined. Nice. <laughs> what a beautiful day. you got a great view it's, out of your window. It's, it's pretty impressive, and yeah. I'm just glad that both Chris and I can now share that view because in our previous um, configuration – I was not able to look out the window, so Mo, how I kind of feel free. I'm good. I'm good. Other than this um, Braves zero and three start to the season, George, but but hope springs eternal, and one fifty nine and three is kind of what I'm looking yeah. for at this point. So here we'll may see. be the good news, though. You want some good news out of it? Absolutely. Get a road trip to Philly and Washington out of the way before it really matters. I mean, getting. This road trip out of the way is probably a good thing because later in the year, that's going to produce a scenario where Philly and Washington have to go to Atlanta one more time than vice versa. That's if you're going to get it out of the way, get get it it out of the way early. early. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it, and I'm glad you said that because when the schedule was initially announced and the the Southern team was having to open the season. In the colder conditions and that kind of thing, with with three at Philly and three at Washington, didn't make sense to me. I was a little upset, you know, but it was another in a series of stupid moves by Major League Baseball. But but the spin that you have put on it, you've gotten that road trip out of the way, and 
move on. Yeah. One so, fewer yeah. you have to make in August. Yeah. 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 So, you know. Here's the thing. We've got to trust that they are good enough. I mean, the, the nucleus is there to go win a world title. Now, is it good enough to beat the Dodgers? Who knows? Or, or but, the Padres. Yeah. But, I mean, they're close. They were up 3-1, and had Kyle Wright not pooped the bed in game five, I think it was, and ruined their bullpen, today they might be your world champion. Um, yeah, there's a if reason. They, if they had played Tampa Bay, I, no I, think, question. I think they would have won. I, if, if Mike Soroka doesn't get hurt, they're probably your yeah. world champion. You know what's weird in Los Angeles right now? David Price has been put in their bullpen, which tells you a little bit about their pitching depth. But I've got to believe at some point Price has too much pride to just sit there and say, you know. I'll come out of the pen. Yeah, I mean, come June, if that situation hasn't been rectified, then I look for him to to demand a trade. Well, if, well, he, and, if he pitches like he did coming out of uh, – Relieving Trevor Bauer, he may not have that choice. Right. There, there's no doubt that he's lost <laughs> velocity. He, he's always been – his stock and trade has been that he's a really hard thrower, fastball slider. And he's lost a little chunk off of that. And it may well be that he's not as effective as he used to be. Here's the thing, though. You know, coming off of a 60-game schedule from last year, I don't think – everybody's going to be able to go to the post every fifth day. And just because David Price is in the bullpen right now doesn't mean he's going to be in the bullpen all season because I would think that um, Dave Roberts is going to have to spot some guys in. I don't think you're going to see guys throw 200, 220 innings, that kind of thing, this year coming off of 70 innings a year ago. So, yeah, I – I would think, again, just because Price is in the pen now, I I, I wouldn't say that that's going to be a – for the entirety of 2021. And but, that's a lot of the same thing that the Bra- the Braves are have a positive in that they can throw a bullpen game because they have two or three long reliever guys if they need Sean to. Sean Newcomb does not need to be one of them. Well, Boy, what, is, what has happened with him? Because there's going to come a point – where somebody is going to have to do something about that issue. This is a guy that three years ago looked like a big piece of their future. I was sitting there on the Sunday afternoon when he no-hit the Dodgers for eight and two-thirds. I mean, I thought this guy was getting ready to be Max Fried and Mike Soroka. Right. So what's (laughs) happened? I don't know. know. They don't know because if they did know, they'd have fixed it. Well, that's the that's the most concerning thing is that they don't know. No, and if you don't, because if I tell you, if the Braves if the Braves don't know when it comes to pitching, then there's there's an issue. And and here's another one that I ask myself: Kyle Wright's got all the potential in the world, and to a point of being fed up with watching him cave like a cheap suit. I guess if I could have Alex Anthopoulos in this room for two minutes, I would ask him, have you ever called Tim Corbin? Have you ever talked to him about this? I mean, I'm assuming his answer would be, well, of course we have. But I don't know that. I'd sure like to know. He'd be a call. I, I just don't know that Kyle has gotten to that point 
you know, I, I don't know if it's a mental situation with him at this point or what it is, but his inconsistency is really tough to watch. Ruining his big league career right now is what it's doing. He he didn't come anywhere close to making that team because what he did in spring training was basically more of the same. Mm-hmm. Can't trust him. The one that got screwed was Bryce Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, Bryce Wilson, <laughs> I say got screwed. I mean, he, it's just unfortunate. I mean, yeah, that the give Braves, it about two weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. that the Braves Well, have the thing is, the, the issue now, though, is that the minor league season doesn't start for another three weeks or so. So it's not like, okay, Bryce, go down to Gwinnett, get some starts in, and we'll see you here in a little bit. You know, they're not playing. I love it. He knows his baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. I mean, um, that's um, Mo and I can talk this stuff. That that um that's the that's the concern this year. I right. think that guys can't go to the minors and work on things. They're going to the alternate training site, and I don't know what happens at the alternate training site. We saw some guys go there last year, and right, it was like going off into the, the, the Bermuda yeah, Triangle eat, or something. They you know, eat yeah. and go out to the local uh, Dairy Queen at night. <laughs> I don't know. He's raised Mo has raised. To me, the issue of the season, and that is how are teams going to handle the pitching staffs? I've thought for a while that baseball should have said, we're going to a 28-man roster this year. We'll ease it back a year from now. Mm-hmm. They don't care what I think. Who are we and what well, do we know? There are a lot of things that we're finding out that they don't care about. <laughs> you know, so uh, um, Bulletin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's tough, man. It's 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 going to be a long season, longer than normal, mm-hmm. because you're gonna see some guys tire out by the All Star break. You're gonna see, and that's a again, that's a positive for the Braves because we have a deeper pitching staff than most teams. Although, as I said before, the hockey season, I thought the Preds had an advantage because they have you see. And Pekka, that is turning out to be a little prophetic, but it certainly didn't start out that way. It took a while to get there. It was one of those show-your-work kind of deals, I I guess. I went Saturday. UC played out of his mind. Yep, 41 and a shutout. I have bought tickets now. I've been a season ticket holder from day one. I've bought tickets to every game from here on in. I am pumped. Dude, it's, it, the 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 Braves and the Preds are going to get it. Uh, the Preds have got it back on track. The Braves are going to get it there. Oh. I promise you. I'm not worried about the Braves. No question. Uh, George, thanks for hanging out with us for these last 10 Absolutely. minutes. We appreciate it. We are going to get out of here again. SM-TNSports.com. If you missed any part of the, the show, you can read the stories. You can see the schedule. You can listen to the podcast. Anything you want to do, check it out. Join us tomorrow, 9 a.m., right here on WKOM 1017 FM. For Maurice Patton, Coach Mike on the